Talking Transport, the podcast from the Transport Network. Two days left of World Congress 2019 and we've still got so much to do, so let's get some thought leadership on Talking Transport. Coming up in today's edition. Managing traffic flows more intelligently. We are used to transportation being very much focused on infrastructure and building, and now they have to transform into a digital era. Location service solutions. Opportunity for us is uh, through the local presence to really get there in terms of coverage then also covered with uh, real-time services that we deliver. Shared mobility. People are rational. If there is good public transportation, modes that connect conveniently with each other, shuttles run by good technology that give them convenience in terms of walking and time and visibility, then they will use public transportation. And are we finally getting acceptance of road user charging? City tolling is on the political agenda and we will see more of these regimes coming up in Germany and all over Europe. Plus, Eric Sampson guide to the best sessions and even how you can get to see one moderated by me. Welcome to Thursday at the Suntec Centre Singapore. Talking Transport, brought to you thanks to WSP, Suaco, PTV Group, Yanoptic, here, Coda Wireless and AGD Systems. When Eric Sampson joined us yesterday on uh, Talking Transport, he made a point that hadn't occurred to me, that this and the next two World Congresses are all in major ports this year in Singapore, next year Los Angeles, with the massive port there and the port of Long Beach, and then you've got the year after Hamburg. Um, So we've talked about a lot about freight this week in uh, the ITS World Congress. Any freight being talked about today, Eric? Yes. very much from the point of view of the port. So we've got Special Interest 48, which is towards a sustainable, technology-driven port city. As you've mentioned, that's a theme that will carry forward for the next two Congresses. Thursday is, in a way, a bit of a sort of societal, sociological day. We've got Executive 8 on accessibility, inclusivity and safety. Executive 9 is the proliferation of new technologies creating a level playing field or not? Special Interest 39, I think, will be very new for most delegates because it's all about three-dimensional mobility, or putting it simply, drones. Everybody is aware that over the last couple of years, drones have appeared from nowhere and have become extremely popular, but they're raising some big policy issues for cities. Um, What can you do safely and reliably in the space above a big city. So Special Interest 39 is going to have a look at that. And we've also got Special Interest 51 on automated vehicle testing. Um, Something I mentioned yesterday about the need to try and get a consistent approach to testing so that if you, the purchaser, buy something, you can be sure that wherever it was made, it's been tested to the same global standards. And I also like Special Interest 53. This is going to be run very much as a public consultation and the title is Automated Mobility, What Do Citizens Want? So if you think you know what you want or perhaps you know what you don't want, come to 53 and speak out. 
Eric Sampson is your trusted guide to the sessions that take place here at the ITS World Congress and we'll have one final fling of the Eric Sampson thing tomorrow on Talking Transport. From the ITS World Congress in Singapore, this is Talking Transport with Paul Hutton. So let's talk to another one of our sponsors this week on Talking Transport from the ITS World Congress in Singapore and it's PTV Group and I've been joined by my friend Paolo Humanis. I thought I'd start by talking about something that happened last week at the ITS UK summit in uh, Coventry in England where we gave the delegates of the day a little game to play in the afternoon where they had to allocate funding for different projects and try and play the role of a, of a budget holder. It was interesting that the most popular thing chosen among all the different tables that were taking part in the game was a piece of software to optimise traffic and uh, reduce congestion based on predicting what the congestion is going to be like in half an hour, which is, in effect, your product Optima. Yeah, that's correct. And uh, we see that around the world that people are wanting to to do this and there is a a big drive to, to try to find out how to do it because, in reality, you're squeezing the most out of the asset and not having to necessarily build unnecessary infrastructure when you can really adapt it and manage it in an effective way. That's really what our product uh, is really about. Your colleague Devrim, who's standing behind you, wrote an article for me in Smart Highways about it. So in a nutshell, Optima uses the transport modelling that uh, PTV has created over the last 40 years and adds to that live traffic information. So it looks at what's happening now, predicts what's happening in half an hour and gives ideas to how to mitigate against it. It seems to me, for a city, a no-brainer to load level as much as possible demand across their network, but it doesn't seem to be in lots of places at the moment. So where's the disconnect between the idea and the implementation? I think that uh, a lot of the problem is that uh, it's not infrastructure. So it's not that you're physically constructing something. And that is very difficult to get budget allocation in this time and and age because technology, although it's really understood as, as being, but significant investments in infrastructure are quite difficult. And there's always this point of view that you also need quite a lot of data and understanding where the data comes from, the reliability of the data, and how do you mitigate against, if you want, small incidents that might occur in the network, where a detector stops working and does it give false readings, how do we ensure? So there's a lot of work trying to ensure a quality of the output. And I think that at the moment, cities are struggling to make that transition. And that's, of course, a budget allocation. And it's where we are trying to to work is in trying to help cities better understand, help them how to make that transition and support them throughout this process. But of course, this is a long-term project and a long-term action that we, we need to do. And it's, it's something that I sometimes recall a little bit, like uh, Christmas, you know, where if I give my kids a present at Christmas and they can only open it three months afterwards. And that's very much that a city has to commit, has to invest, and it's not like you can start physically building something and slowly you see it progressing. You do it in a digital and in a IT kind of way and it becomes difficult for it to sometimes to be justified. And of course, political cycles become also part of the process. So that's where the challenges are. And that's why we as PDV are working towards trying to, to help that process in developing AI and deep learning algorithms as part of the process to accelerate this process because the data is out there sometimes it's a question of putting it together and I think that we are investing in trying to get that process accelerated to make it more accessible. 
for instance, at the moment, we are starting very much at looking at roadwork management. So we have some cities where we are looking, okay, what is the roadworks for the city today and what are the impacts and how can we predict and how can we optimize that at a very simplistic level. And then, of course, go up and you get to some of the installations that we have in, uh, in big cities where really it, it goes, but it's a significant investment in terms of resources and also in terms of capacitating these people to use the tools because we are used to transportation being very much focused on infrastructure and building and now they have to transform into a digital era and that's not an easy transformation also in terms of getting the right people to do the right things. And we're going to talk about this more on a session Thursday afternoon here in Singapore. You've got me moderating that session. What can people coming along expect? It's meant to be an open discussion between a number of players. So we're talking about cities, we're talking about academia, and we even have an OEM coming and, and really trying to understand the different points of view because we all kind of agree on the same principles. And as you say, people understand that this is the way forward, but there's still quite a lot of uh, challenges to overcome. And that's not only from cities or only from us as consultants, uh, consultancies and so on, is when you bring it all together and you understand how they will work together. So the idea in the session is really to open up this discussion into this and understand what are the limitations and how uh, people actually have same goals or slightly different uh, points of view but actually they all align very well and how do we potentially help to move forward. So the session is orchestrating mobility in smart cities it starts at four o'clock Thursday afternoon in room 321. Paolo you won't be on that panel your colleagues will I look forward to it for now thanks very much. Thank you. Talking Transport, sponsored by AGD Systems, Coda Wireless, here, Yenoptic, PTV Group, Swaco, and WSP. So I've come away from the SunTech Center now because it's a big week for one of our sponsors, Here Technologies, with the opening of, how can I use an English word, swanky new offices right on Marina Bay as the company is expanding its operations here in the Asia-Pacific region. So I'm sitting down with Stanimira Kaliva, who is Senior Vice President and General Manager for Here Technologies in the Asia-Pacific Pacific region and you're expanding. Now surely a map's a map. Why do you need local operations? Asia Pacific is ever growing importance to our business uh, at Here Technologies for a number of reasons. We use this region as the home for our global map operations and uh, in our further investments around automation and scaling our map production for the world, uh, we have decided to base that operation in India. And so India is part of my region. So from that point of view, it is a home for our global map operations, which is great. Second thing is, uh, as the location services grow beyond automotive and beyond the usual use case around navigation, but is much more proliferant around number of industries. And I can give you examples. We need to be local and need to be closer to the customer and need to be adaptive and um, also create portfolio that is competitive and to the specs within the country. So it is important for us to grow our local presence. Because I was being a bit 
facetious when I said a map's a map because I remember doing some consultancy a few years ago looking into traffic data and traffic information provision in Thailand and it came home to me how in Europe and North America we're used to a location referencing system based on the postal service but when you don't have that uh, it's very much more difficult to actually pinpoint how to describe where something is and also we discovered that in Thailand for example there were quite a few roads that weren't properly mapped and in fact where does a track become a road because there are a lot of what would be considered roads that were actually unpaved and again how do you describe that on a digital system? I think the opportunity for us is uh, through the local presence to really get there in terms of coverage of how many roads get mapped, but then also covered with uh, real-time services that we deliver, and also be relevant in terms of what the customers need for all the new use cases now with many connected services being required by ride-hailing companies or by transport and logistics fleet management uh, use cases. Public sector is scaling up their ability to track and trace the vehicles they run, emergency services and various other new use cases that we need to get relevant to and deliver on these expectations. And guess what? For all of these new new services, as people get used to a connected or always connected service, we need to scale quite a bit our capabilities to, to be able to deliver those and local is important to that. You mentioned the connectivity and I think it's interesting when you see places that are undergoing such fast urbanisation, you think of places like Singapore or Dubai where you come back six months after you were last there and the road system has changed, there are new roads in there, there are new buildings and so forth. I guess the fact that you have the connectivity that allows you now to host the maps off board and then download them as you need them rather than the days of having to have everything as an onboard map that's maybe updated i remember you used to get you know in the initial in-car systems the the map sat on a dvd in the trunk and you had to go and pay for a new one every year i guess that's allowing you to provide so much richer services for your customers than you could have done maybe 10 years ago absolutely i mean that's a a massive uh, revolution which is happening in the technology and it's affecting the automotive industry the most but then also spilling over in a number of other industries mainly creating new capabilities or new business models as we see with ride hailing for example which is a a completely new phenomenon in terms of services to the market and so for us it is very important a to be close to how the automotive is going to evolve in terms of the future of the connected car uh, what that means for our services and, and the map itself but also the future of how infotainment is going to be consumed within the car uh, or things like what the the customer will need in terms of autonomous drive, for example, where you'll not be busy trying to follow the road, but you, in fact, will be seeing your dashboard, presumably in a, a big smartphone screen and will be consuming content and services. So it's a major shift in uh, what we see our technology do and where we're going to reside and how we're going to be taken to, you know, to the next generation of consumers in that sense. So the World Congress being here in Singapore this week, obviously tying in with the new offices. So what does 
the expanded capability here give you as far as a business opportunity? First of all, it's great to be in a new office. It's a good coincidence that we had the ITS Congress going on at the same time. Oh, surely you planned it for years <laughs> ahead. Of course, we can do many things like that. <laughs> uh, but it's great, uh, it's great to use the opportunity to meet with so many customers and partners and obviously have you uh, visit us. We believe that uh, for us, expansion in Asia-Pacific gives us number of opportunities. First, Asia-Pacific is a home uh, of many new use cases. People like Grab, for example, here in Singapore, which is the local equivalent of, they in fact took the Uber business over and, and um, Uber and Lyft, which are elsewhere, is one such example where we can co-innovate with them and, and we can co-create new use cases, which are associated with new capabilities like hyper-local, food delivery, indoor, outdoor, navigation, what are the, the new requirements of, uh, of what that part of the world needs. The other example that is very Asian is how we provide navigation for two-wheeler, uh, which is a you know very popular mode of transportation pretty much across all of my markets. You know, you go to Indonesia and Vietnam and Thailand and you see more motorbikes than cars. The bicycles are on the rise as well. And so we see an opportunity to use many of our existing uh, relationships with manufacturers of two-wheelers, uh, for example, to drive innovation for the whole world around use cases like that. That's only part of the interview I did with Stan Amira, and I'll bring you more of her thoughts in a Talking Transport special when I get back from Singapore, so don't miss it. In a moment, we'll talk shared mobility and road user charging. But first, please let me remind you that you're listening to Talking Transport with me, Paul Hutton. I'm the editor of Smart Highways magazine. Do pick up a copy of the latest issue at one of the two media points here in the Suntech Centre and you can sign up for the magazine at smarthighways.net. That's smarthighways.net. A reminder that we can increase your visibility in the industry in an amazingly cost-effective way at Smart Highways and my friend and colleague Chris Day is with me in Singapore this week. So if you want to meet up with him and discuss how we can help, email him at c.day at hgluk.com to set up a meeting. These podcasts are sponsored by AGD Systems, Coda Wireless, Here, Unoptic, PTV Group, Swaco and WSP. And we're in association with ITS UK, Arab, America, South Africa, Australia and with Ertico, ITS Europe. From the ITS World Congress in Singapore, this is Talking Transport with Paul Hutton. One of the ways that we're going to reduce the reliance on the private car is to make public transportation easier and more convenient for people and Via from New York City I think they've got a pretty neat solution so I've been joined by Carrie-Anne Chan who's SVP of business with the company. Um, so Carrie-Anne how's your approach to on-demand transit uh, changing the way people travel? Sure, so at Via we develop technology uh, that we believe is the best in class uh, for pooling people and moving them in the same direction at a very efficient uh, way that is, is, is equivalent to taking a private ride. Uh, from day one, we've been focused on building sharing technology uh, that can scale to the extent that now we can support public transportation networks. So we build technology that can be uh, implemented into vehicles of all types. Uh, in, in some of our cities, it's minivans. As in other cities, we work with partners where they, where they have large buses. Uh, and the goal for us is to solve public transportation problems, to work with cities hand-in-hand hand to figure out what their local problems are, where their local pain points are, 
are they first and last mile uh, transportation solutions to the fixed line or to rail projects? Uh, are they transit deserts? Are we um, trying to increase mobility for people who are vulnerable populations or elderly where they have poor access and actually need more transportation options than, than others? Let's give an actual real world example for when I was on vacation in New York City just before Easter, which was that I took my two sons to do the tour of the MetLife Stadium in New Jersey. And we had a plan to get the subway to Port Authority bus terminal and then pick up a bus that would take us to MetLife. And the subway was delayed, so we missed that bus, realised the next one was an hour and ten minutes later, and I had no idea what to do. I, from what I could gather, there were no trains going over to New Jersey for where I needed to be. So ended up getting an Uber. How could I have done it with your technology? Right, so so specifically in New York City, we run our own marketplace service. Uh, so within the boundaries of the five boroughs and actually up to airports, uh, you could have just called the VIA, where we have coverage of our own vehicles that we, we recruit uh, drivers for, we, we market to customers. Uh, but in that example case, where the train was down, uh, and you need to find a different solution, uh, where VIA is deployed, you could call a vehicle to you, uh, working with cities or maybe the bus operator, maybe a taxi fleet, and from, from time to time, uh, you would be offered a, a ride within, let's say, uh, under 30 minutes. Um, and we might ask you to walk to a corner so that we can route these vehicles more efficiently to pick up as many passengers as possible. Again, keeping in mind what the impact of a quality of service is for every additional passenger. Uh, so in your case, you're talking about a, a multimodal problem. Uh, you want to take a train. You want to get to final destinations that's not near the train. Uh, depending on the distance, uh, you know, maybe it's a, it's a big bus. Maybe it's a, a small vehicle. We can link to to other modes of transportation. Uh, so, for example, keeping in, in mind the timetable of the trains, uh, if a city's working with us and we have good visibility to issues with the trains. Now, we're talking about New York City where everybody of any demographic will take the subway, take the train, far more than, say, if you went to Los Angeles, for example, where people just love sitting in their private cars on eight-lane highways where they're not moving at all. Um, London is similar. Singapore has a very good public transportation culture how do you sell the mobility solution of getting people out of their cars to places like LA and other cities where it's either a status symbol to drive or just essential to drive and so therefore people aren't used to actually just doing a shared ride with other members of the public? Yeah, so I think you're pointing out to, to two theories. One is that people really like to drive, uh, and that's a culture of, of cars, and I think in America there historically has been one. Uh, but there's also the other thesis, which is that when they don't have options, they have to drive. In our analysis, we, we believe that when public transportation is good, and we've seen this uh, in mapping out uh, quality of public transportation versus private uh, car use, when, when public transportation is good, people do want to use it. Uh, the problem is that it's not good everywhere. Uh, you're right in saying that, that New York um, has a relatively good subway coverage, uh, but we have our own problems, and, and the ridership in, in, on subways in New York City is going down because the quality hasn't necessarily been what, where people want it to be. Um, so people are rational. If there is good public transportation, modes that connect conveniently with each other, shuttles run by good technology that give them convenience in terms of walking and time and, and visibility, then they will use public transportation. And again, we, we want to work with cities to figure out where to complement, where to add our technology or our service to their existing infrastructure and how we can help them gather data that will help them design better future uh, transportation networks uh, because right now the data is, is not really in their hands. My colleague David Edelman is giving a, a talk with uh, some of our, our wonderful partners at Thursday, 4 p.m. And the title
title is The Power of Shared Mobility to Make Cities More Livable. Uh, so 4 p.m. Thursday, room 328. Okay, I will gloss over the fact you're going head-to-head with a session I'm moderating. Oh, I'm so sorry. Karyan Chan is SVP of Business at VIA in New York City with a global solution to shared mobility, and she's been talking to us on Talking Transport. Talking Transport, brought to you thanks to WSP, Swaco, PTV Group, Yanoptic, here, Coda Wireless and AGD Systems. One of the permanent fixtures at every World Congress I've been to is Siemens, and they've got a huge stand here in Singapore this week. So I thought we'd get a bit of thought leadership uh, from them on this talking transport. So I've come to speak to Holger Erhardt, who's head of traffic projects for Siemens. I'm just looking around at some of the things you're delivering. One of the sort of things that we're realising with a the, there's a step change in Europe on the concept of and the acceptability of is road user charging. Yeah, we see that as well, especially in Germany. We currently see a huge trend in that city tolling or Stadtmaut, city mode as they call it, is on the political agenda. And we will see more of these regimes coming up in Germany and all over Europe. In Great Britain, there is a concern that the tax take from fuel is going down as every new car you buy is far more efficient than, than an old one therefore the tax take is going down and something has to be done about it is that you finding the same everywhere yeah exactly that's the case since the gas tax is going down we their politicians are looking for an alternative way how to uh, found infrastructure projects uh, subsidize also the public transportation system and therefore road user charging will come up more and more we're in singapore which pioneered road user charging and also there was the interesting comment from the minister during monday's uh, opening address that said that the only way you're going to manage traffic properly is to have huge subsidies on public transport in order to really help people out of their cars so the two things really do go hand in hand don't they yeah it needs to be if you just uh, use road user charging to, to get money for the state it doesn't help it needs to be really directed into public transportation you need to have alternative modes available otherwise uh, people they don't have the alternative to switch from the car to something else then they won't switch then they're just saying uh, it's another tax basically on top of what they are already paying. And of course London had the congestion charge from the early 2000s but one of the criticisms of it there are several. One is that it's actually too small and just in the centre of the city but another is that because it's a flat rate, once you've paid it once you might as well drive a lot in the city because it's not going to cost you any more to do so. Surely the solution is more a distance based model. And there are technical solutions already available whether it's going to be with a small onboard unit, satellite based onboard unit or uh, sooner or later we will see uh, tolling applications for the smartphones. And what are you doing in this area then? Well, we have a truck tolling onboard unit, which is um, satellite-based. So it's already um, available and it's working uh, in the whole context of EATS for truck tolling purposes. We have certified that in various countries and that can be used also for passenger cars, but it comes with a price. And therefore, we are also looking into developing tolling apps in order how to have that available um, for doing road user charging distance-based for passenger cars. When a company like Siemens has such experience on road user charging as one example of so many things you've got experience on 
how do you balance being the supplier and also possibly falling into consultancy of talking to cities and helping them understand the options and the benefits of a particular solution? You need to differentiate between various activities. I would call it first uh, before we, you come to a tender, it's an educational phase. And there we can see currently that the city and authorities, they really have the sparing with technology companies like Siemens in order to get the right input to make the right decision from the beginning how a regime could look like. And then, of course, it's also such an um, exhibition like here in Singapore is helpful to inform also the consultants and the authority about technical solutions. And then we would address, of course, uh, the tender. We leave it uh, that to the consultants then to, uh, to develop these tenders. So I think you've just answered my next question, which was going to be, who are you looking to meet on the stand this week? Would it be consultants or would it be cities? I guess it's both. It's definitely both, and we hope to have a lot of traffic here at the booth. Right, well, I would uh, very much recommend you come and talk to Siemens and their huge range of solutions on the stand. And also, if you're as jet-lagged as I am, excellent coffee. Holger Earhart is head of traffic projects, and he's been talking to us on Talking Transport. Holger, thank you very much for joining Thank you, Paul. Well, one day to go, and tomorrow, among other things, we'll talk cultural differences on enforcement, road safety radar solutions, and the effect of urbanisation on transport in this region. Thanks again to our sponsors, AGD, Coda Wireless, here, Unoptic, PTV, Swaco, and WSP, and we'll talk again tomorrow from Singapore. Talking Transport is produced and presented by Paul Hutton for the Transport Network suite of products.